Like, hey, this is amazing being on the beach. Uh, God's canopy above us. And early on, he separated land from the water. And he could not be more delighted that we're here at the beach, doing church together, being the church on the beach. And this is fantastic. Welcome home to all the students that went to Hume, the staff. You're amazing. April, Matt, Tommy, thank you so much. And I think Jesus is really excited that we meet on the beach because early on in Jesus ministry he spent a lot of time on the beach looking around building friendships he just liked the shore and this is where we live this is this is kind of our backyard this is our playground this is amazing that we get to be here and I remember as a little kid standing right here on the shore and watching the big kids surf and I used to think about what would it be like to be to be out there and to catch those waves and eventually I got old enough to where I could wade out into the water and get on a board and get into the bigger waves and it reminded me of teaching my son right here how to surf and then one time we took him down to San Onofre State Beach you know bigger waves and got him on a long board and began to teach him how to surf but he was really little and so I got tired and you know we all went in and had something to eat and then I'm looking around where is my son Connor? I don't see him. And then I look, you know, way, I mean, you paddle way out at San Onofre. And there's this little tight out there on my longboard. And I'm thinking, does he know what he's doing? So I grab a board and I paddle out next to Connor and I say, hey, son, if you lost your board, you, you think you could get back into shore without a board? And he said, yeah, I, I think so. I said, well, show me. And I took his leash away and his board and I made him swim all the way in just to see if he could make it. Am I a bad parent? I don't know. I think that's good parenting. Uh, he never made it. Oh, no, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. You know, Jesus hung out at the beach like this, watched the little kids learning how to get into the water, watching the fishermen, building relationships. And uh, one of the guys he built a relationship was named Simon, eventually Peter. Simon Peter was a fisherman. And maybe for a year, Jesus was like building a friendship, meeting him. This guy Peter, a rascal, many times a renegade and a future radical for Jesus. But not when he was a young fisherman. And Jesus had an eye on Peter. And I want to suggest that just as Jesus had an eye on Peter, he has an eye on each one of us. And when you were a Hume this week, he totally had you in his sights. So I want to invite you to look at a little story that the writer Luke tells. It's in your outline. You've got all the words there. And I just want to make four very quick observations because we want to hear from you students that went to Hume. Because we're often surprised by the people that God chooses to put at work. And this fisherman was an unlikely guy. You'll notice in Luke chapter 5, and the first couple verses, it's in your handout, it's in the Bible. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, that's the Sea of Galilee. Matt and I have been there. It's a beautiful place. Seven miles wide, 13 miles long. Not big, but gorgeous. Set in a valley. One of the lowest bodies of water on the planet where Jesus hung out the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God he saw at the water's edge two boats 
left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. And then he sat down and talked to people from the boat. My first observation is that Jesus handpicked Peter out of the crowd. Now he knew Peter, Peter knew him. They'd had conversations. He had heard him teach. He was attracted to him, but he was a fisherman. He had a job to do. He'd been working. But this is a really big world. And out of all the beaches, there was one beach crowded with people. And he noticed two boats nearby. And he picked one boat. And Luke says, it was the boat that belonged to Simon. I just realized that, yeah, Jesus may be the center of this story, but right next to him is one man, Peter. Peter was one of the first disciples, one of the first to be called by Jesus to begin following him. And so Peter is a role model. Peter is an example for you and for me in what it means for Jesus to begin to call us to follow him. So we can learn from him. I don't know about you, but sometimes in a crowd, we can feel kind of alone. We're with a bunch of people. We're at camp. We're singing songs. But we look around and sometimes we feel like, well, maybe I don't count. Maybe I'm not included. Social media has not necessarily helped that. We are more easily connected to one another. But if we're honest, isn't it true that sometimes what we see posted by our friends can make us feel less included? We, we, feel, we feel kind of excluded or we feel different. We wonder, well, why isn't my life better? Such a good thing, such a wonderful thing, but Sometimes it can be overwhelming. We go back to school. We're in our job. We're having to perform and produce. The second observation I want to make about this story is that Peter, evidently according to Luke, at least the way Luke designs the story, Peter was more important than Jesus' teaching. Note the transition between verse 3 and verse 4. So, he chose the boat belonging to Simon, asked him to put out a little from the shore, and then he sat down and talked to people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, verse 4, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water. What did Jesus talk about? In this case, we have no idea. We don't know the content of Jesus' sermon. Now, it doesn't mean that his sermon wasn't important. It doesn't mean that our sermons are not important, but let's face it, you will leave this place and not remember what I said, but you will remember your experience and the people that you've met. Yeah, we at the river, we believe deeply in the teachings of the Bible. In fact, we base our lives on them and the stories about Jesus and the teachings of the Apostle Paul and the Old Testament that led up to Jesus' arrival and calling disciples. But the primary reason for this teaching and the primary reason for us gathering together on the beach and opening up God's Word 
and teaching. The primary reason is that God wants to touch your heart. This is about a relationship between you and God. Now, it's so much more than that. And there's so much to learn about following Jesus, but it's not less than God wanting to speak to our hearts. So the sermon in this case wasn't the focus. Peter was the focus. I want to suggest that even this morning, you're not on this beach by accident. It's not about our sound system. It's not about how many people are here. And it's not about this sermon. It is about God and your heart. Whether you're a student that went to camp, whether you're a parent that sent your kid to camp, whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're brand new, this is about a relationship between God and you. And so, yes, we're gathered to celebrate the students that went to Hume, but let's not exclude any one of us. This is for each one of us. The third observation I want to make is that Jesus met Peter on his own turf. He said to Peter, hey, hey, Peter, untie your boat and bring your nets along. Powerful. I like this about Jesus. I like the fact that Jesus met Peter in Peter's world, where Peter was familiar. It was on his territory. It was in the, in the place where he was comfortable and he understood. He was in charge. When I was a sophomore in college, beginning my walk to step out with Jesus, I had the opportunity to play on a baseball team that went all over South America. And the purpose of it was really, it was to share about our love with Jesus. And that was kind of new to me to talk to other people about my relationship with Jesus. But I love baseball. I wanted baseball to be my career. I was familiar with baseball. And I can remember a light bulb went on for me in the middle of that summer because I always thought it was either baseball or God. Like I couldn't, like I couldn't do baseball somehow and make that my passion and also at the same time be serious about God. And when the light bulb turned on, I realized, wait a minute, God really loves baseball. Look at, he's using this sport I love to help me love all of these other people. God is willing to meet you in your world. That's the place that he starts. He didn't ask Peter to come to him. No, Jesus left his world and came right into the center of Peter's world. When you head back to work after vacation, when you go back onto campus, when you start school, I want to tell you that Jesus is there. He is there. You don't go to church to find God. No, Jesus is in the world that you love, your passion. Whether that's a particular job that you're called to, or your studies, or athletics, or it's dance. Or it happens to be that you work in a hospital, and that's, that's the, the key place. So you're in law enforcement, or you're a firefighter. Jesus comes into that world, and he is there. And he loves you in the middle of that. So verse 4, Jesus finished speaking. He said to Simon, and get this, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, does Jesus really know what he's talking about at this moment? My last observation is that Jesus asked Peter 
to do the ridiculous. Peter is a professional fisherman. He knows what he's doing. He knows when to fish and he knows when to clean the nets. He knows when to hang them up and go home to his family and eat a meal. And Jesus says, hey, Peter, we're not done here. I want you to take the boat and get out into deeper water. I wonder the look on Peter's face as he looks at Jesus. Jesus, you're, you're a son of a carpenter, and now you're a rabbi teaching the masses. What do you know about life on the docks? The ridiculous that Jesus asks us to do sometimes is hard. It's awkward. We're not sure we want to do it. Simon answers, verse 5, Master, we worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. There are no fish biting. And you know they don't bite during the day with the sun on the water. We're done. The nets are clean. But then look what he says. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Whatever Peter knew of Jesus at that moment, after a year of friendship building, he was willing to trust him. That's what faith looks like. Will you trust Jesus? Where you're at in your world right now, as Jesus comes along and gives you a prompting, an invitation. So verse 6, when they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came, and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. They're, they're pulling just loads of fish into the boat. The boats are beginning to sink. You know where Jesus is? Jesus is knee-deep in fish, grabbing those nets and laughing, a big belly laugh. We think Jesus is someplace way up there. No, he is in the boat with the fish. Ridiculous often leads to awesome. And I wonder how many times we miss a huge catch of fish because we stay in shallow water. Because we're afraid. Verse 8, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. Interesting reaction. For he and all his companions were astonished the catch of the fish they'd taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. This experience with Jesus blows him away. That's what happens when God enters your world and he begins to move. There's astonishment, or we might call it awe. And when we're safe, when we refuse risk, when we stay in the shallow water, there often is no awe. Peter decided to say yes to Jesus. His willingness to move into deeper water was an example of faith. Yes, God, I will trust you in this one thing in my life. Had to do with his career. Had to do with embarrassment in front of all his colleagues. Will you trust me? And then Jesus said to Simon, I love this. Don't be afraid, Simon. Simon's on his face. 
Are you lost? Here we are. This way. You see him? There's Dada. Love it. Man alive, that is the best illustration for this sermon right now. Dada. Trusting, trusting his father. Don't be afraid, little boy. Don't be afraid, young man. Jesus says. He said to Peter, then, from now on, you'll fish for people, which is a little weird. But really, he's being invited to be on mission with Jesus, to make a relational investment in people. You, you know, that's what the Hollis family have, have been for us. They have showed us how to make an investment in other people's lives. And I want to I say that essentially we're here because the Hollis family loves people. The river, we're just, that's what Jesus is about. It's about our relationships with each other as we follow Jesus and learn how to love him. So the last verse, they pulled up their boats up on the shore and they left everything and followed Jesus. I just want to say, Jesus is inviting you and me into deeper water. He's always inviting us to take the next step toward deeper water. What, what is that deeper water for you? You know, what is in the deeper water? It's bigger waves? It's bigger fish? It's more wind? There's no land. It's a risk. It's a risk to move from the shore into the shallows and into the deeper water. Peter's world was fishy. Where, where is Jesus pushing you? I want to ask the students that went to him. We spent a week, incredible chapel, worship, time in your cabin, talking, and God, through Jesus, was there the whole time, inviting, prompting, so maybe you're on the shore. You know, here we all are. And I always say, if you ever go to the beach, don't just stay on the beach. you got to get in the water. you got to get in the water. And so sometimes we just go into the shallow water, right? Well, that may be your next step, to go from the shore to the shallow water. Jesus says, come on out. Just, just trust me. Come into the shallow water. It'll be okay. Jesus then says, hey, why don't you move your boat out into deeper water and let down your nets and see what can happen in your life. So we're going to transition. We want to hear some of your stories. And again, what is your ridiculous? Your ridiculous this morning may be to actually get out of your chair and come and share your story. Maybe short, really quick. What's Jesus asking you to do? It may not. But I'm going to turn it over to Matt. Matt's going to come up here. I know there's a couple kids ready. But we want to open it up. 